0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Apram Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We begin with uh, source number one over here is Gemar and Chulin. So Gemar and Chulin says, very famously, "Devei Rabbi Shmuel Tana. So in the collection of Brisa's of Rabbi Shmuel, so we find the following thing which is written. "Los Tsev HaShol Gedi B'chalei So the Torah tells us, the Torah prohibits cooking a goat in its mother's milk three times. So uh, that's an unusual thing for the Torah to do, to go ahead and repeat the same prohibition on three different occasions. So why does the Torah go ahead and uh, repeat the, uh, the prohibition three different times? So explains the Gemara. So what's interesting is, in the Gemara spent some time talking about this, but the, Gemara, the, the Pasuk doesn't actually say you're not allowed to eat milk and meat together. The, the verb of the Pasuk is you're not allowed to cook meat and milk together, goat and its mother's milk together. It doesn't say anywhere that you're not allowed to eat it. But this prohibition against cooking it together is repeated three times. So says Chazal, says, says his b'risa, Echad l'israchila, So one is coming to emphasize the fact that you're not allowed to eat it, even though that's not explicit. The second one is going to tell me that you're not even allowed to benefit from it, even if you're not going to consume it. But to benefit from it in some other way is also a biblical prohibition. It's something which is Asumida And the third prohibition is, with the one which is explicit, the third one is going to be the prohibition of Bishel, the prohibition of cooking. So you have over here three different isurim, three different prohibitions, which relate to the uh, the issue of bas becholav. You're not allowed to eat it. You're not allowed to cook it, and you are not allowed to uh, not allowed to benefit uh, from it. I think it was Rabbi Reisman in one of his shurim was talking about how um, uh, in Eretz Yisrael. So the uh, the government was very disturbed by the fact that when they made protests. And when various groups made protests, so they would go ahead and they would ignite the garbage cans. Uh, those who have been around in Yerushalayim, so they have these huge neighborhood uh, garbage cans, steel uh, you know, or iron garbage cans, where people go ahead and they drop off their uh, their garbage in there on the uh, on the corner or something. And during protests, people will go ahead and light them on fire, and obviously it's something which is dangerous to go ahead and have all of that uh, garbage burning in that fire. And no matter what they did, they couldn't convince the people that, uh, that they should stop. They kept trying to tell them it's dangerous, it's dangerous, and da- it's dangerous. And the people did not refrain from, uh, from uh, turning on the uh, uh, lighting, the uh, uh, fire in the garbage cans. So somebody had a hop. What was the hop? The hop was they put up signs telling everybody that since the garbage contains both milchiks and fleschiks, if you go ahead and you turn the fire on, you light a fire in the garbage can. You're cooking basu bchalav, and cooking basu is an issa daraisa, and certainly nobody wants to be over an issa daraisa. And in that way, they were able to quickly, uh, you know, and figuratively put out the fire. They were able to get them to stop doing so because. Uh, for some reason, uh, the uh, presenting it as a potential danger was not something which swayed them. But telling them that it's an isidaraisa of, of bit of cooking, bas so that was something which resonated with them and that got them, for the most part, to uh, to stop. Okay, but those are the yisurba basu B'chalaf, eating, cooking, and hanar. Now, an important detail of this halach, basu B'chalaf, you see over here in source number two, it's in your day a siman pei zayin siman gimel. So Shochanarch says, "Eino noig ella bebasu behemat Torah bechalav behemat The isedaraisa basu requires the prerequisite to violate this isidara isa is the meat has to come from a kosher animal, and the milk has to also come from a kosher animal. So if you go ahead, if somebody were to melt cheese onto a piece of bacon. So that does not violate the isidar isa of basar b'chalav. It is meat and milk, but it's not the isidar isa of basar b'chalav, as Shulchan says. Aval, if you go ahead and you have basar taurah b'chalav tamei, you have kosher meat and non-kosher milk, milk which comes from a camel or something like that. Oh, ba- basar tamei, b'chalav Torah, or the example we gave, you have meat from a non-kosher animal. You have ham and cheese. And you go ahead and you melt ham and cheese, so that's kosher uh, milk, which is coming from uh, but uh, meat coming from a non-kosher animal. Mutarim ubahana. So those are uh, those mixtures. You're not allowed to eat them because, anyways, it's non-kosher, whether milk or non-kosher meat. But if you want to go ahead and cook a ham and cheese sandwich, that is permitted. And if you want to go ahead and uh, get hana from a ham and cheese sandwich, selling it may be a different diser. But if you want to get hana in some other way from a ham and cheese sandwich, even if the cheese is melted onto the ham, so that is going to be permitted. Okay? So now, if we're we're saying now that in order to violate the Yisr, this may have to take out your thumb in order to understand the next question. If you're telling me now that in order to violate the Yisr, it has to be kosher meat and kosher milk. So what happens if you have meat taken from a kosher animal which wasn't properly shechted. So for our purposes, as far as eating is concerned, that's a piece of non-kosher meat. But it does come from a kosher animal. So do, the, do all three isurim, isurim—isur achila, isr hana, and isr bishal, do all three isurim apply when you go ahead and you're going to uh, cook together uh, meat from a kosher animal that wasn't properly shechted together with milk? And that would be the case of your double bacon cheeseburger. That's going to be the case of the dog food. If you're in the event that you have dog food, which has a meat and milk mixture, uh, the likelihood that that meat was properly shechted is somewhere between zero and less than zero. And therefore, uh, maybe there's not going to be a problem of getting hana from the basa of dog food because it doesn't meet the criteria because ultimately the meat is not kosher because it's available meat. So that's the shayla. That's the Shila that's addressed in source number three over here. Does the Issedar Raisa of Basu B'chalav apply to nevela meat or does it not? Okay. So Piske Tshuva right here, right on the page of Shochan Arach. So he addresses this point. What we have over here is source three. So it says, Sifkat and Vav in the Piske Tshuva there. It says, I'm the Shakasav Shikasav, Vizela So he's quoting the Dagomervava, the Dagomervava. You may more likely know him by name as the Noda of So the Noda of has the following question. He says, So he says, just as a, 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 as a halacha, as a given, he says, Nevela meat or chalev, the prohibited fats from a Nevela animal, animal which is not properly shechted, to go ahead and to cook that in milk uh uh is Torah. that is clearly ustuminatora the but and you'll get malchus for cooking that together so in the event that you go ahead and you melt cheese onto the mcdonald's hamburger so you go ahead and you cook that together so you violated the isedaris of cooking basabakhal avabakhila einbo iser but um, as far as eating it is concerned, so it's asser to eat because it's a McDonald's hamburger, but it doesn't violate the issue of cooking, but of eating baser b'cholav because this is not kosher meat, which you as a Jew could have eaten anyways. The kol zeh, in this so far, this isn't controversial at all. He says kol muvor barambam, all of this is explicit in the Ramba if you want to look it up. But now, amnam v'amnam, imu asa but the question is: am I allowed to get benefit from that McDonald's hamburger and the Yisrael cheese? So if I go ahead and I cook them together, McDonald's hamburger patty and chalvi Yisrael cheese, so am I allowed to get benefit from that mixture or not? So that in the halachas, the Rambam is not clear. Aval, Parasham is. But the, uh, the note of Yehuda says, the dog of says, that if you look in the Rambam's commentary to the Mishnaya's increases, so you will see that he writes over there that it's not Aser Bahana, that you would be allowed to go ahead and benefit from that. So that means that if you want to go ahead, if somebody wants to go ahead and manufacture dog food from a McDonald's hamburger patty and Chalav Yisrael milk, so that is Muter Bahana, it is permitted for benefit, and you can feed that to your dog. Okay? And therefore, he says, the, the Nota Byhuda says, being that the Rambam uh, uh, makes mention of that, So if somebody relies on that opinion, that position, when otherwise he would face some sort of financial loss, lo he's not going to lose. He has what to rely upon to go ahead and assume that the, and conduct himself that that is permitted. However, that's the end of the Dugum of Abba, that's the end of the Nota Byhuda. So he says, that technically it is permitted, but then the pesichet shuba says if you look at the prima uh, uh introduction to Allah of bchalav shikas of dinaktinan the aser he disagrees with the no debiuda and he says that meat, a McDonald's hamburger patty and chalv yisrael cheese cooked together is asr is prohibited for benefit and therefore you cannot go ahead and give it to your dog you wouldn't be able to use it as dog food so now we have a achronim going on over here whether your non whether the uh, the basabahal of dog food is going to be <coughs> is it asabahanah and you cannot feed it to your dog or is it mutarbahanah it's permitted for benefit and you would be able to serve it to uh, to your dog and then he goes on he says and if you look in the chubas of the chassam sofer, so this is now a third authority who's weighing in on this question, he was also asked about this question, so the, uh, the chassam sofer goes in and quotes the sefer, which is on the halachas of bas of and uh, the following question, also a fascinating question, He says, So what happened was that normally they would go ahead and they would make candles out of animal fat. That was the uh, most commonly used ingredient uh, for the manufacturing of candles. But what happened was there was this period of time when the the candle manufacturers were mixing butter. That's what chema is. They were mixing butter into the chaylev, into the animal fat, lasos mehem neuros, in order to manufacture candles. Why were they doing that? Kihaya because the fat was really expensive, so they were looking for a cheap filler. So what was a cheap filler? A cheap filler was to go ahead and throw in some, uh, throw in some butter. So whatever their percentage was, however whatever their concoction was. But now you had a mixture of chelev, you had uh, animal fat, together with some butter, which is obviously milchics. And if you have a candle which is comprised of those two ingredients and you light the candle, you are essentially not only cooking basavachalev, but now you're getting benefit from, you would, it would involve getting benefit from basavachalev. So is that allowed or not? Upashile, and this sefer, the meal tsaraka in his sefer, kanfeyona, upashile b'hanah. The Kanfei Yona is of the opinion that it is prohibited for benefits. So now we have a two-on-one. We have the Meil Tzvaka and the Prima saying that a, a uh, McDonald's hamburger patty and Chavi So milk is Aser and you have the one opinion of the Dalgam the No says that it's okay.
1: So can now, I ask a question here? Yeah. Um, and uh, and w- with regard to the candle. It seems to me that burning the candle is not just a question of Hanah. With the candle, you're doing bishul, and, and everybody agrees that bishul is Asura, uh, uh, even if it's an Avela. Right, correct. So, so, so I, I don't see where Hana comes into the question at all here.
0: Right. So let's say you had such a candle and uh, a, a non-Jewish uh, domestic help went ahead and lit the candle. So the Bishel was already done by the non-Jew. And now the question is, can you go ahead and can you learn by the light of that basu b'chal of candle which is burning? Some scenario like, uh, like that. Okay. Yeah? Okay. Okay. So now, the herich Baza, so the, the, the Chassam Sofer analyzes the various sources. He writes at length as Chassam Sofer would do. Umasik. in the masik is now, this is what his conclusion is. This maskan is, this is where you see some of these pra- the practical rabbinics. So what do you do when you have a machloka such as this? So this is umasik. davara u revava, ain If somebody wants to come along, if a rav wants to come along, in paskin, like the note of Yehuda, saying that it's permitted for benefit, you cannot, mazchichin um, will say, you cannot uh, um, rebuke him. You cannot say that he's wrong. You cannot say that he's shaloh shalom the hilchasa. You can't say that that's an incorrect upsock. If he wants, to, if he wants to align himself with the note of yehuda, uh, you know, as people say in different contexts, but it's applicable over here. That if I have to go to gehenna together with the note of so I'll be more than happy to uh, to go ahead and do so. So somebody who chooses that route, so okay, so they have the right to, to go ahead and align themselves that way. But says the chassam sofer. But if somebody's going to call me and ask me, can I go ahead and serve my dog uh, uh, dog food, which is made from a McDonald's hamburger patty and milk, I would tell them that it's awesome, that it's awesome for benefit. Which is like the opinion of the confayona and the prima Garden. And this is also the implication, says Chassam Sofer, of many of the Achronim, And therefore, if you're asking me, I think that you should take a more cautious route, a more conservative route, and you should not be getting benefit from the McDonald's uh, hamburger patty and the Chavi Sorel cheese. But if somebody does adopt a lenient stance, no, no. So they could go ahead and uh, it's within their halachic their right to go ahead and do so. Okay? Okay, give up. Now, let's see. Uh, uh, shift a little bit from basavachalav for the moment, and let's see. So we know some, uh, very often what ha- what happens in halacha is the questions which we are trying to address are not uh, um, addressed explicitly in the context in which you would want it to be addressed, but it's addressed conceptually in different contexts. So, what we're discussing over here is basu b'chalav, which is Asabahana, which is prohibited for benefit. Now, it happens to be that there are many items which exist which are also Asabahana, which are prohibited for, for benefit. And will we be able to go ahead and start uh, extrapolating principles from other circumstances of the, other cases of things which are Asabahana? And apply them to our current circumstance of the uh the uh b'chal of dog food and whether you could you could return it. Okay, so now can I go ahead and let's say can I feed what's a halacha about feeding a dog um, uh, something which is asubahana? So Shochanar says, and this is now this is an orchaim. So we're, we're jumping around over here. This is this is Hilchos Pesach. So Pesach is one of those instances. Chometz on Pesach is something which is asr b'hanah. So we have a lot which is written about prohibitions, which are, are foods, which are asr and what exactly the parameters are. So here, in this simmon, it's very uh, uh, um, um, uh, uh, talked about simon, because this is the simen that also contains the information about selling chometz to a non-Jew before, uh, before Pesach. But at the very end of that simon, it says as follows, So if one has Chometz on Pesach, so you are not allowed to go ahead and feed that uh, to uh, somebody else's animal or even a Hefker animal. So let's say you went ahead and you got, like we used to, you got that box of uh, Cheerios in the mail on uh, the second day of Pesach. And you made the fatal error of acquiring it. You made a Kenyan on those, uh, those Cheerios. So now you have to go ahead and you have to get rid of them. So you say, okay, it's not such a big deal. I don't really like Cheerios anyways. So I don't mind getting rid of them. But it will be a, 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 um, it will be a, a waste of resources to go ahead and just throw them in the garbage. You know what I'll do? There are, uh, there are squirrels that are out and about. And I'm sure the squirrels will be more than happy to eat a box of Cheerios. So I'll just open the box, I'll open the, uh, the packaging, and I'll let the squirrels go ahead and uh, enjoy themselves. I'm destroying it anyways. It, the, none of the Cheerios will be left by the day's end. And in the meantime, the squirrels will have something to eat. Maybe that'll keep them away from my, my other garbage. And they'll go ahead and they'll eat the, uh, the Cheerios. So Shulchan Aruch says, it's absolutely awesome. You're not allowed to feed on something which is Asa as on Pesach, and it doesn't even matter, it's not even feeding your own animal that you get a benefit from, because now your animal has eaten a meal, but even feeding a neighbor's animal or even a hefker animal is also going to violate the, uh, the iser of benefiting from the prohibited substance, from the iser hanah. Why is it going to be user? Uh, well, wh- what benefit do I have from the fact that I, 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 uh, I uh, served or I fed a hefker animal? So the Mishnah Bura explains over there in source five, the Yeshlo Hana b'Mashem Maly Ritzono Las Behema. The Hana that you have is is that you wanted to go ahead and feed some animal. You wanted the animal to be well fed, and now it will turn out that those uh, the uh, the squirrels are now well fed as a result of the Cheerios which you put out there. So it's not a physical Hana as if you're stronger or you ate something and you're getting benefit in that way but it's a warm fuzzy and even a warm fuzzy feeling that the squirrels are now well fed is already enough to violate the uh, the iser and therefore it's going to be uh, it's go- it it, uh, it it's not allowed and then the mishabura takes it even a step further this is amazing he says be safe if you look at the basiyo he says that <laughs> filibomose it's not even, let's say you were smart about it and you did not acquire the box of Cheerios. You didn't make any kinyan on it whatsoever. When you saw that it was in your mail, you made an announcement to everybody on the block. I am hereby disassociating, say, disassociating myself from this box of Cheerios. I am not going to be it. I'm not going to be the owner. It is not mine. No, no nothing. No relationship with it whatsoever. It remains Hefker Ka'afredar. And then you go ahead and you take that Hefker box of Cheerios and you rip it open to feed the squirrels. Beis Yosef says, even that's awesome. So here, so we have an example of a, a, a food which is prohibited from benefit, and we give have a food which is prohibited from benefit, so you're not allowed to go ahead and feed it to a dog, even if it's not your own, uh, even if it's not your own dog, and seemingly this is going to instruct us as far as the basu b'chalav is concerned, seemingly we should be able to extrapolate from here and say that the same thing is going to be true by the prohibition of benefit from meat and milk, that it may not under any circumstances be fed to your dog, to somebody else's dog, to uh, to a heftier dog. You're not allowed to feed it to, uh, to any creature whatsoever. Yeah, Zachary. And their chamads have a, like a stricter... A stricter uh, policy because you know it's not can't be bottle. excellent so now this leads us to source number six <laughs> sorry, sorry.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this leads us to source number six which is the charitzion charitzion as you know is the uh like the footnotes on the Mishnah brewer itself so Mishabur is the running commentary uh, written by the Chavetz Chaim on And the Sharetzion is where he identifies his sources and sometimes analyzes things a little bit more, uh, more quickly. So he goes ahead and, putting aside the names, he says, So it sounds like the prohibition against feeding the Chometz to a dog is a Daraisa, it's a derisive meaning that it's something which is a function of being asr something which is Asabahana, you cannot feed to a dog, even a hefker dog, which is what you mentioned, Sachi. And it has nothing at all to do with special stringencies which we apply to chametz. It has to do with the fact that you have something which is asr and this is a violation. Feeding it to your dog or somebody else's dog is a violation of getting benefit from that prohibited substance. And therefore, it would apply to any isr whatsoever. And therefore, he says, according to this analysis, ulafiza gambashari surihana asr. And that would mean that even by other surihana, you would not be able to go ahead, you would not be able to take this uh, McDonald's hamburger patty and chalvisrol cheese and feed it to your neighbor's dog, because that's going to be the same. issue. that's considered to be a violation of this prohibition of hana, you're getting hana from it. Then he says, however, it's not so clear. He says, the Primagodim isn't certain about this. Uh, okay, now we'll just go. let's go to the end. He says, So if you look in the Grah, So the Grah is of the opinion that this Halacha, that you cannot feed Hametz to a Hefker dog, um, even if it's not your own Hametz, is a halachi which is unique to chametz on Pasach, and it doesn't carry over to other items which are asr ba'hana. other items which are prohibited for benefit. What exactly is the, uh, what's this idea? Why, why would we say that uh, it would be limited to chametz on Pasach? So if you look in the, uh, just because it was easier to find for me than uh, looking up the Yerushalmi, so the Makor Chaim, which is the Nesivas, we would know better as the Nesivas on the, on Choshu Mishpat, well, the Dass and Yeridea. So, in uh, certain sections of uh, of Archaim, like Kichos Pesach, so he wrote what's called the Mekor Chaim. So he quotes the Ushami that the gra is based on, and it says Lo Yachel Chametz. Says you're not allowed to eat chametz and the unique uh, formula uh, um, conjugation of the word Lo Yachel. Tells me Afil Leklavin. You're not even allowed to feed chametz on Pesach to a dog. Says the Gemara. What are we talking about? If we're talking about feeding Chametz to your own dog, Hana. So obviously that's Hana, and we know you're not allowed to get benefit from, uh, from, uh, from Chametz. So why would I need a special passo? Rather, it's even going to be to somebody else's dog. You're not allowed to feed Khametz and Pesel. Well, You don't get any benefit because your property doesn't improve at all. Your dog isn't healthier. Your animal isn't any fatter as a result of having, having eaten this food because it's a hefker dog or belongs to somebody else. And still it's going to be asser. Awesome. It says, So based on this, the same thing is going to be true. You can't even feed it to a non-Jew. Because that would be the same thing that your desire to feed somebody this food has been fulfilled. You get that same warm, fuzzy feeling. But he says, But this restriction, this broader restriction of Hana, which applies, which we're now saying applies by Chametz, that you can't even feed a Hefker dog on Pesach, that's limited to only on Pesach. Why? Why would I extend it to all examples, all, uh, all uh, uh, foods which are asubahana, which are prohibited for benefit? So he says, Mishum dechsiv lo yachel It's because, of the, as we mentioned, the unique conjugation of lo yachel which will translate as it may not be eaten, not you may not eat, lo yochal, but it may not be eaten. So, since specifically by Chametz, you have such a formulation that we have this broader verb. Which includes not only eating but just having it be eaten. So that's why this this broader definition of the iser hanot is unique to chametz on Avar But says Yushamir, says the uh, the, the Nisivis, that other Isurim, where the 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 verb of the Torah is going to be lo yochal simply do not eat. So when the Torah simply says, do not eat, we're not going to have this broader definition of Hana, and it's only if you get direct benefit from it, is it going to be problematic. This warm, fuzzy feeling of having fed some hefker animal, so that is not going to apply to other foods. So that would mean that, seemingly this would, this would lead us to the conclusion, or that we have machlokas about this, that whether or not I'm allowed to feed not my own dog, the whole discussion over here is somebody else's dog or a Hefker dog, but can I go ahead and feed Basr B'chalov to a Hefker dog, uh, whether that violates Yisra hana or not, is a Machlokas achroni. So this, we're not really going to passkin on this, shilo as you'll we'll see, for, for different reasons, but this is something, this is is illustrative of how far-reaching the prohibition of hana could potentially be. Okay, now, let's get back to our purchase over here. So you're unpacking your groceries in the kitchen and uh, they didn't have your regular dog food that you get for your dog. So you had no, you're had you on vacation with your dog somewhere. And it turns out that you do, uh, you know, one of the things you forgot to pack on your trip was your dog's favorite dog food. So now you have to run to the store and you have to get whatever brands are available there. And it turns out that you bought a brand which is Bas Bukhalov. Okay, it was a mistake obviously it's your mistake, uh, your spouse is going to be all over you on this one, that you made that error, but it was your mistake, and i got to take responsibility for it. So now, what is, what should be done with this basa Seemingly, what should be done when you find yourself uh, having violated some is or you find yourself in possession of basa So here we have a Mishnah in Temura. Mishnah in Temura says, "Velohein heyn So the following are items which, if you have in your possession, so the proper disposal of them, the proper way to destroy them, is burial. So you're not going to burn them, specifically not to burn them, you're specifically going to go ahead and bury them. So what are some examples of that? Kadshim Shehipilu. If you have an animal which had been designated as a korban, that's Kadshim, Shehipilu, and the cow went ahead and miscarried a fetus. And now this miscarried fetus comes out, of the, uh, comes out of the cow. So what do you do with that fetus? So it has a bit of sanctity to it because it was part of the mother who was already designated as a korban. So in such a case, you would bury that, uh, that fetus. Or he peel a to cover, or in the event that the afterbirth or the placenta comes out of the mother, you would also go ahead and bury that, shorha niskal, in the event that you have a bull which uh, killed the person. And now the bull is going to have to be killed. So after you go ahead and kill that bull, you're going to uh, bury that. Egla Rufa, the, uh, the calf, which is decapitated when a dead body is found between two cities. Tzipori mezora, the, the birds, which are used as part of the Tahara process for a Mitzorah. Seyar Nazir, when the Nazir cuts off all of his hair. Petach amor, the firstborn from a, uh, from a donkey. Okay, all that are some interesting cases, not for us, Well, And Basu b'chalav, that's the one that uh, is going to be our focus. So really what you're supposed to do with Basu B'chalav is you're supposed to bury it. So it turns out you went to the store on vacation, you picked up a bag of dog food, and now when you get home, somebody looks at it and says, hey, I didn't know we could go ahead and we could have this... Uh, uh, McDonald's hamburger patty, Chav Yisrael dog food. I never knew, even knew such a thing existed, but they got Heimish dog food uh, brands. So you've got this uh, this dog food over here, but since it's uh, since it's basu uh, uh, seemingly you're going to actually I shouldn't even say it. In, in those cases, let's say it's actual glatt kosher meat and Chav Yisrael uh, cheese. So, you've got the real Haimashah uh, brand. It's got 16 Hech along the bottom uh, for the glot kasher meat and the chavi salt cheese. And it's mixed together in, it's cooked together in, in a dog food. And now you bought it. So, the Mishnah says that really what you should be doing is you should be burying it. You should destroy it through burial. And that will be the, the end of it. Okay. Now, what happens is now the Rush says, we're going to try and uh, um, make our way through this quickly. Um, okay, let's go to source ten over here. So, source ten, we're going to go to a a different uh, uh, instance where we talk about something which is prohibited for benefit, and that is Yavin Nessa. So, wine which was used by a non-Jew as a libation, as a uh, in the service of a, of an idol. So, that wine is Asur it's prohibited for benefit. Shochanarch says this is in your day, Kuflam Beisif Aleph. Let's say a Jew took this wine, which is As b'Hana, sold it to a non-Jew. So, so in the event that the non-Jew paid for the wine, he gave you the money already. He gave you the uh, the twenty dollars for the uh, the Nesek uh, wine. And then after you receive the $20, then you deliver to him that bottle of prohibited wine. So the halach is, so not only was the wine the money that you receive for the sale of that wine, that money is also Asur. So if that money is also Asur, this is going to be a problem. This now swings back around to our case over here. And that is, I mistakenly went ahead and I bought uh, I bought something which is prohibited. Glat kosher meat, glat kosher, or chav yisrael cheese, cooked together, and now they are in the, in the dog food. So if I were to go with seemingly this Sif in Shulchan Source 10 is telling us, that if I were to go back to the store, give them the, uh, the, the dog food, and get back my money, so that money not only was the dog food that I had in my possession, asubana the money that I receive in exchange for that is also going to be as because that's money which I'm receiving for the Basu B'khalif. And if we had a little bit more time, which we don't, so this source 11, this gemara in Avodah is an important uh, source as far as this is concerned. In that, it also talks about what happened, it doesn't talk about where you bought uh, mistakenly um, dog food, which is asubahana. but the gemara there talks about you bought a bunch of what you thought was scrap metal from a, an idolater. And then when you're going through the scrap metal, it turns out you find an idol in there. And obviously you don't want, you didn't plan on buying the idol. That was not part of the uh, the deal. But he did go ahead and you bought, uh, you bought what turned out to be an idol. So the Gemara there discusses whether or not you could go back to the idolater and exchange that back for your money or not. And there's some tactical things having to do with uh, with, uh, with with Kenyonim, um, but not enough time for us to uh, address it fully. But it's a similar type of question. So here, the at uh, the uh, the last source over here. So here we have from a uh, a work which is called in English it's called Commerce and Isurehana. The Hebrew is Hilchos Isurehana beMisra which is just a translation of that. So he has this question about what are you going to do in the event that you bought something. Which turns out to be aser So let's use the example of the dog food. So you have dog food, which every let's assume, just for argument's sake, everybody agrees that it is aser bahanah, glach kasher meat, chalav yisrael cheese, cooked together and made into dog food. And now you mistakenly purchased it. So are you going to be allowed to return it to the store? So he says as follows: Look in the Magen Mishnah, Peraktes of Hilkos Mechil Halacha Gimel. Okay, you don't have to look there. And then he says, So if you look in the SMA over there in Mishpat, so there he talks about what he's addressing over here is, can you get away and say that it was a Mekah right, you certainly never planned to buy basu b'chalab. you did it by accident. So being that you never really planned to buy something which is asubahana, can you come along to the merchant and say, I'm so sorry, I bought this by accident, it was a mistaken transaction, had I realized that there was basu I never would have bought it in the first place, and I want to cancel the transaction because um, this is the, the, I, I never intended to make this transaction. So he's quoting sources like this sma over here who says, that it will be difficult to go ahead and uh, argue halachically that this is a mekach because the SMA says, we'll just look at the, the money quote quickly, he says, anytime the customer could have looked at the item and discerned whether it's defective or not immediately, and the customer didn't bother to do so, and the merchant just went ahead and sold it without any commitments, so the customer cannot come back later and say, I didn't realize that you sold me a defective item. What this will was- translate into for us over here is, since you could have read the label, which says on it, it says on it, Galat kosher meat and Chav Yisrael cheese are our finest ingredients in this, uh, in, this, uh, in this dog food. And you didn't bother to go ahead and read the, uh, the, the label ahead of time. So the smile would say that you cannot claim mekkah in such a case.
1: So is there any difference between a case where um, you picked up the brand that you wanted to pick up and didn't, didn't read the label or a case where you really intended to grab one brand and by mistake your hand grabbed another one? Uh, uh, is there any difference between those two cases?
0: So I don't think so because, like the smell over here, in both those cases, if you had just read the label, you would realize what was going on.
1: Well, I I, I know that Alpo doesn't have buss or so I think I'm picking Alpo off the shelf, and, and I don't have to read it because I know that that brand is okay. But but I happen to pick Iams off the shelf instead of Alpo. I, you,
0: yeah, but but you you could have looked at the label to see that it was Iams rather than Alpo. No, I didn't bother
2: okay. to do that either.
0: Rabbi Schaffel, um you've been talking
2: about this uh, with the ingredients of uh, uh, glat kosher and, and halav uh, but but in fact, dog food doesn't usually come with such certifications. If you only found out later on that it was just regular meat, but of an unspecified origin, and milk of an unspecified origin. Uh, do you just assume that because Basavukhalov is, uh, you know, is Bakul or do you say it's, in this case, because it's, uh, a, you have the additional issue of uh, perhaps Hana on top of it, that it's who. I mean, practically, well, we speaking, learned earlier that even right, in, in right, the Vela, right, right, one, 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 one second,
0: one second. Yeah, finish, Bob. Did you finish? So I'm
2: just asking. So, what they you've been talking about it this way. How does this apply if it's just you? you it's just meat and milk, that's all. Fair.
0: Yeah, right. N- so, n- so I, I, I'm using the example of the most extreme case as us as it could possibly be in order to uh, demonstrate the Kiddush which we're about to read that, it's, that we're going to be able to be mako even in the worst case scenario when it's not the worst case scenario there's more of a reason to be mako as we said that it may be that at least according to the Dagom and it may even be permitted for benefit uh, if it's nevei yeah. l- meat, which is in all likelihood what the, uh, the dog food is going to contain excuse me, is going to be nevela meat rather than meat, but the Chiddush, which we're about to say, is going to be, is going to hold true even in the worst case scenario. So what is that What is that rationale? So he says, let's just finish off this question. So he says, In our case, If you bought something from a store, you bought the uh, some dog food from the store, And you could have checked the label to see the ingredients or to see the brand and you didn't bother to do so. You were in a rush. So you just grabbed it off of the shelf and didn't even pay attention. So seemingly you can't claim that this sale was done under false pretenses. And that would lead us to the conclusion you're not going to be able to go ahead and return it to the store because that's going to violate the answer which we mentioned above about the prohibition of selling something which is asubahana for a profit to be able to make money off of it because that's going to be hana. But he says, now here comes the big chiddish, the author of this safe, which you're reading from, he's a son-in-law of Rav Shomo Miller. Shoma Miller is one of the big posts from Toronto, He's Rosh Kola in Toronto. Uh, so he says, I heard, he says that when stores have a return policy that allow you to go ahead and return something which you purchased a month later, two months later, whatever the duration of time is, it's irrelevant. So he says, when you go ahead and return something, what happens? That's the main line. That's the take-home line. He says, when you return something to the store, you're not selling them, you're not selling back to them the item which you purchased. What you're doing is you're canceling the original sale. What's the difference whether you're canceling the original sale or whether you're selling it to them? So he says, it's a contract. Uh, what? It's a contract. Uh, it's a contract, right? But he says, uh, skipping to the next paragraph. So he says, You're allowed to go ahead and return an Israhana product to the store where you purchased it. <laughs> what you're doing is, sorry, what you're doing is you are just canceling the original sale. And what that's going to translate into is, The money that they refund to you is not money that they're paying you for the Yisra hanah. They're not paying you for the b'asa Bechal, they're not paying you for the dorm food. But rather, what that is is, that is your money. When they have a return policy, what that means is that during the time that you have the right to return it, the money that you gave them is a loan. They have a loan, and, uh, which is your money, and you have the right to decide whether to proceed with the purchase or not to proceed with the purchase. And if you decide not to proceed with the purchase, they are going to refund that money to you, and they're giving you back what turns out to be your money all along. So the Isidaraisa is selling uh, uh, an Isser is selling something which is prohibited for benefit, where I own that thing and the money which the non Jew is going to give me is his own money. But in the case where the store has a return policy, which allows me to cancel the original sale, so cancellation of the original sale doesn't mean that they're paying me for an Israhana item. What they're doing is they're returning to me my money and I'm giving them back their Israhana.
1: And you never owned it in the first place.
0: What? Right? Uh, uh,
1: and it's like you never owned it in the first place. It's like
0: you never owned it in the first. place. It was never your Isser Hana, It was really theirs all along, and therefore it says of Hashanah. This is not something which is going to violate the Isser of getting hannah from the uh, from the prohibited food. And he holds it, that, would be, uh, that that would be that uh, that would be acceptable. So,
1: so the, presumably, I, presumably, the same thing would be apply if you bought chametz by mistake on Pesach.
0: If they have a return policy, yeah, similarly the same thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. They're they're actually strengthening. Our argument: We're saying that there's no hanab. You're returning it because I, I'm not satisfied with it. So because of their policy, they're, they're saying, I'm, I'm not satisfied. With right. their yeah, right. As long as they have, right. As long as you don't have to lie or anything about uh, like that. So, but Bob, that's why I went ahead and I was talking about the Glock kosher meat. And the Chalvis are all cheese, because even in that worst case scenario, it's still going to be okay, because you're not selling it to them, you're returning it to them, and you're, you're just getting a refund back of your money. He mentions the footnote, and with this will conclude that, with an interesting hop as far as this, he says, that's why when you return it to them, there's no sales tax. If you were selling it back to the store, so then somebody should be paying sales tax on that second sale. But being that when you return it to the store, you're not actually selling it back to them. You're returning it to them. That's why they give you back your money and your original sales tax, because it turns out that there was never a sale. And the, uh, the, the, uh, the tax code would seem to support this, uh, this contention that it's not, a, it's not a sellback, but it's rather a return, a cancellation of the original sale. Or sure would also, because if you paid with a the coupon... Then... Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast.